Hello, hello everyone listening. This is Nara coming at you. Just a little bit of a content warning before this week's discussion. We are talking about the film Nowhere by Greta Rocky, which is a bit of an intense film. So just wanted to flag that we do talk about um, drug overdose, uh, suicide, sexual assault, and homophobia a little bit in our conversation. Also HIV AIDS a bit. Um, yeah, um, and then also if you're planning to watch this film, it does include all those things I mentioned, which were drug overdose and drug use, uh, suicide, sexual assault, um, uh, discussions or mentions of homophobia and HIV AIDS, as well as there's depicted eating disorders, um, graphic violence, and some graphic sex scenes. So uh, just to let you know, before you decide to watch the film or listen to this convo, please be aware and be safe and do what you feel is comfortable. But I do hope you can watch this film because it is one of my favorites and I think a very interesting film. So yeah, thank you. See ya on the flip side. Go. Now Hello. recording. We're going. So do we have to re- do we have to replay hey. that conversation that okay. just happened? So seconds ago, listeners, Nara was <laughs> falsely saying that she's not prepared a song. I mean, that's probably true. But I don't act like you don't know the entire soundtrack to this. A hundred percent, you do. You know every okay. <laughs> song, every reference to every other song. I know song three songs. I know three songs off this soundtrack. Actually, I know there were some last night that I was picking out, but there's three that come to mind, which is. Avalon by Slow Dive, which is an instrumental shoegaze song. Okay, you're out on that one. Fair enough. Which mm-hmm. is Kitty Grinder Remix by Marilyn Manson. And I don't think we should go into the Marilyn Manson. Okay, territory. fair enough. But this third song, <laughs> surely there's no the problems third song, there. I really don't want to do. Um, okay. Just because I feel like it would be painful for me, it'd be a disservice to our entire audience. Um, because the third song that I can think of is She's So High by Blur. And I'm a very big Blur fan, so I don't want to Is that the one that's like, she's so high? Yeah, that one. I didn't hear that in this one. Good singing? You're singing a different, you're singing a different She's So High. This one is the, uh, the Blur version. You're singing the other. Is that a cover? This is just a different song. It's a different song that I think had more radio play than the version i guess it was hard to picture that song being by blur yeah um i'm looking up the lyrics to this one of us has got to sing it i also don't know the lyrics besides three lines from it all right you gotta do actually it. all right this is your movie this is no, your time i'm not gonna do it i'm not adam's I not don't, here adam would normally bail you out i don't i don't do i don't do the singing um i'm not that's not my thing i can't beatbox i don't sing um <laughs> you can't beatbox i, I thought you I, could. I refuse to beatbox famously that is like the one thing that people know about Dang. me they're like oh yeah you know nara and they're like yeah that's the person who doesn't beatbox i do actually remember that <laughs> <laughs> um okay give me another song and i will sing the lyrics to she's so high to the tune of that song because i don't know she's so high well, do you want me? Mm. I was thinking happy pretty... birthday. 
You can sing it to Happy Birthday. I think there's. I can look at the soundtrack because there's other songs where I was like, oh, I totally know this song. I just did not know that was in this soundtrack. Because um, it is a stacked soundtrack. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's some. There's, there's some Radiohead in it. Uh, there's a whole song. Two of Hearts. That's the other one where I was like, this is so funny. I would potentially do that one. I see her face every. <laughs> How does happy birthday go again? <laughs> you know what? I can't help you there. It doesn't so work inch- to happy birthday. I know I'm I'm literally doing a college humor bit right now. But I see her face every day. I I can't remember how it goes when I'm singing other words. <laughs> just sing happy birthday. You know what? It is the party season series. Just just go for okay. it. Happy birthday to yes. you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Nara. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Thank Nara. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Oh, what a great intro. Welcome, everyone, to Is It Whack, your favorite movie podcast about the whackness level of movies. We here are whack scientists, and we are solving the case for you. Uh, I'm Funke. I'm joined by Nara. Hi, Nara, the whackologist. The prime primary whackologist and uh, chief wackometer specialist, Seb. Okay, what would a chief, chief wackometer specialist be? That'd be like an engineer? I yeah, guess, someone who yeah. monitors the machine because it is an AI. We know that it's sentient. Are you someone needs okay? To check in. Put your science glasses on, Fantas. Ooh, Ooh. that's a return. If this is your first time listening, that is Seb's catchphrase. It's true. Uh, I say it every single week. In. Go back to episode uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and on this special week, there's only three of us. I want to say something here. I'm interrupting already. Yes, bad habit. I also can't see Funke. Nara, can you see Funke? I can see you, Funke. You were frozen for me for a while, but I I can see you now. Okay. Yeah. You, okay. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I listened to all the episodes recently, as I bragged about many times on this podcast. And I... You, it, oh, wait, sorry. It scares me every time you say that. It failed to... I failed to acknowledge that Ryan and Issy have also listened to every episode, so I apologize. I got to acknowledge that on air. Um, But, correct me if I'm wrong... It's never been the three of us only. I don't think so. I no. think this is I... a first time configuration. Wow. No, I, I think that's true. New territory. Um, so basically we're breaking records here today um, <laughs> on are. my birthday. We yeah, should. Is it your birthday right now? <laughs> no, For real though? <laughs> okay. Goofing. You know what we should do though? We should throw a party just like this party series we're throwing right now. Uh, what Do we have a name for it? Uh, no, we tried to pressure the guests into coming up with a name last time, <laughs> but that wasn't cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, well, it's a whack theme, whack party theme, um, and we brought us special movie Nowhere from 1997. Nara, this was your pick. This was my pick. Um, this is, you know how Hannah has said before where she's like, I can never do Lady Bird on the podcast because if people say bad <laughs> things about it, I'm going to be very upset. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my thinking with this film, but then I was like, you know what? I love this film so much, and I think it is such a great film that I don't know what bad things people could possibly say about it. But also all the like 
issues that people would point out about it, I would probably agree with or at least identify and be like, I admire it despite that. So I am here bringing everyone probably my favorite film of all time, Nowhere. And this also, is wow. this is so close to my heart. Also, fun fact that I was thinking about last night when I went to log this on Letterboxd. We have now done three of my top four favorite films on Letterboxd on the podcast. Oh, this wow. being the third. Yeah. Refresh our memory. On the other two? Yeah. Uh, Hackers and Lady World. Nice. Hackers is so good. Um, I was thinking during this. Well, one, I admire your bravery doing your favorite film on the on the podcast. Mercy. Um, uh, and I was also thinking when I was watching this, this is the most Nara film I've ever seen in my entire Absolutely. life. Absolutely. <laughs> Hands down. Hands down. We may have reached maximum Nara with this one. Yeah. Also, Nara, I have a question. I have seen spoilers if you haven't seen the movie but at the end when he's covered in blood have you used that as like an icon for something yeah like, i have i've seen I've, okay okay it was my instagram like icon for a while um also fun trajectory with this film i think my person my my taste in film i think there are three defining films um which have formed my sort of sensibility and taste in film and other media this is the last in that trilogy of three films that I watched, but this is the first one that we're doing on the podcast and I would like to do the other two as well, but I will keep those a secret for now so that they will be a fun surprise to reveal if Sweet. and when we do them. I'm very excited. We'll do them. Let's, let's do them. So yeah, that, that is. What, um, that. what was your first experience watching this Nara defining movie? <laughs> All right. Nowhere from 1997, Greg Araki. When I was in like grade 10 or 11 there was like I don't know I had like a spare at the end of the day sometimes because I don't know if it was like this at your school funke but at uh ESA the last two periods would flip so like if you had a spare like one week you would have it right after lunch and one week you'd have it at the end of the day mm-hmm. so there's like one day when I came home from school early um and I wanted to watch a movie because I was like home alone and I was like oh my god I can watch anything I want on the TV and not be embarrassed about it. So I watched Doom Generation, which is um, another Greg Araki film from this sort of same like trilogy. Um, and I really loved that. And I was like, this film is so good. I have to watch his other films. Um, mm. So then I like went out and I watched the first film in the trilogy, Totally Fucked Up, which I borrowed from Queen Video. And then subsequently when Queen Video shut down, I bought the DVD of it. And I have since misplaced that DVD, which makes me very sad. No. Hopefully I can find it again. I also have a tattoo from Totally Fucked Up, which is, yes. You have a tattoo on you? Yeah, it's Oh, shit, one. what does it say? It more says more, more... Teen, teen angst. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then to round out the trilogy, I watched this one, and then I watched it, and I was like, this is maybe my favorite film, and this is probably the best film that Greg Araki has ever made. Greg Araki is probably most well known for making Mysterious Skin mm. or Smiley Face is another sort of like his sort of like forte into the mainstream filmmaking. Love Smiley Face. But yeah, that is my background with Greg Araki. Um, do you folks have any experiences, you, fond memories? Were you saying that this is like the third in the trilogy of Nara defining films? Is that the same as the Araki trilogy? Or? No, the, okay, there's, okay. there's my own personal canon I see. trilogy. Oh, um this is good yeah we're getting deep into the nara lore today no that's great yeah 
the, the inquiring minds want to know. Funke, do you have a, a history with Nowhere or Gregoraki? No, not at all. I don't think. Um, this is my first movie of of Iraqis, and no, this this is really 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 cool. Uh, I was shocked at a lot of the things that was going on. I was like, <laughs> did people in LA like live like this, or <laughs> is this not real and like kind of an exaggeration? Um, but either way, I was having such a blast, especially the dialogue. I think that was like the so solid like it reminded me of good burger but like if every sentence had just like a quip at the end and they also like randomly generated an insult every time they insulted person (laughs) um that was just phenomenal i liked it seb you have Um, any i haven't seen any besides smiley face of the iraqi movies and i kind of usually i guess mysterious skin uh, notwithstanding, I'd kind of hear about them as a pack. Like, you know, you have to see Gregor Rocky and then just a list of all his movies, and I didn't really know what individually any of them were. But um, mm-hmm. my cousin Rosie, hopefully a future guest, uh, wrote a great essay on the website Bright Wall Dark Room about Smiley Face. And I was like, I should mm-hmm. see that. And it was one of my favorite movies that I watched last year, and I, I loved it a lot. But it's definitely... Uh, much more mainstream as you said much more accessible even though it is very weird it's and very distinct i think the thing is like smiley face is very weird if you haven't seen any other gregor rocky but then if you yeah. see other gregor rocky films and think of smiley face you're like oh that's just a movie that's just a normal movie for a family audience not really but i i, w- just... I wouldn't say that <laughs> I, like i was expecting like uh you know pineapple express or something it being a Mm -hmm. stoner comedy like it being in the rogan and and apatel wheelhouse and it's very different i think and the filmmaking is i think on a another level to to those movies um but yeah what um what is that about as someone who's not as familiar it's like oh go ahead um i it is like sort of similar to nowhere in the sense that it is just like ensemble cast of characters following one character like throughout their day trying to get something done but mm. she's just like so high the entire time <laughs> <laughs> nice but there, there's oh, like she... oh sorry jim from the office is in. yeah this. he's very good in it actually so many people are in that actually and i was just like oh that person's in this that person's in this <laughs> but uh anna oh ferris is the lead and it's like she's so she accidentally gets so high she's kind of like you know uh, disaster already but she gets so high that she's like kind of unable to perform like basic tasks and then it's like her going throughout her day and it's really stressful like it's like it's, actually it intense it's i want to watch it's also movie. very funny but yeah yeah it's it's definitely not my favorite of the iraqi films but it is like one of those movies where it's like you're watching it and you can't really look away like you mm-hmm. you're just so in it you're like, how could this get worse? But then somehow it always does. Oh, God. There's a part where a guy is just... Uh, we shouldn't go on about Smiley's face for too long. But there's, like, a, a guy who's just, like, a neighbor. He's just very tangentially connected. And he's just kind of, like, annoyed with her. And just the way mm-hmm. it's shot is so scary. Like, you're so scared of him. And it just takes you back, at least for me, of being, like, a teen. And, like, an authority figure being mad at you. And it's just... Yeah, really uncomfortable and like freaky. While you're high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As well. <laughs> That's a danger zone. Um, no, but that movie sounds cool. 
Um, back to nowhere though do do we want to give a summary because as you guys are describing how uh whack that one is and like how many things go wrong um this one also has a lot of things go wrong and i feel like they're glossed over in the next scene like (laughs) it was nothing it's so uh, quite often yeah i uh may or may Uh, not be opening the wikipedia (laughs) to try oh no problem that is totally fine it's a heavy duty one could i have a song this is an intense one if we're Sub. going to sub summary corner. Summary. Da, 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 da. Sub. <laughs> sub. Corner. All right. And there, I there loved you it. I loved it. Gets better every time. Uh, <laughs> this one, you know, it's a tale as old as time. It's about a group of teenagers in uh, kind of semi post-apocalyptic LA. It's actually... It's kind of just surreal because it's not it's not a traditional narrative movie. It's kind of like it's a little bit experimental. There is a story, but it's like very loose. And as Nara said, it's like an ensemble. The main character is a guy named Dark uh, who is uh, in a relationship with a girl named Mel, um, which he kind of wants to be exclusive, um, but she does not. I almost feel like we should do, I don't know, like a the thing we did on the Empire Records episode where we go character by character because there's so many storylines. I and... also <laughs> realized while yeah. watching this one, thinking about it, so many films that I've brought are just so many characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. Well, this, that's, yeah, that's a theme. I've... Empire Records, like Oceans. I just love, char- <laughs> yeah. I just love so many characters. But yeah. Character by character makes sense. I'm gonna pull up a character list. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at. The, I I got the cast on Wikipedia here. The cast is Perfect. also in like the amount of like sort of like, not that they necessarily became like big stars, but people who went on to do sort of like more mainstream work, mm-hmm. or like where you definitely are like, oh, I recognize them, is so crazy. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of these faces. I don't know their names, but like, yes. It's full of a lot of recognizable people and a lot of people who are extremely young, as if he spotted them like very early, you know, in mm-hmm. their career. And it's like, mm-hmm. this person is talented. That's what it feels like, at least. Um, Should we start with Dark? Because Dark kind of like, you know, He's kind of the kind center of weaves of himself it. into a lot of different storylines as well. But I think we can start with him. He is the yeah. He is the center, but I feel like uh, maybe you guys disagree. But like he's pretty inactive. Yeah. He's kind of just like looking at everything, just perceiving things, and letting it all happen. So I'm I'm down to follow him first. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. I will say something. This is probably unnecessary, <laughs> but mm-hmm. just as a topic of conversation, I was absolutely hating this for the first half hour. I was Damn. like, I. I don't know if I can finish this. <laughs> like, I was no. actually so surprised at your letterbox review because I thought you were going to give it just a very like, like three and a half, like pleasant, but mm. not amazing um, review just because I know that you've said before for like Lady World, oh, Funke just left. Funke hates us. You sounded like a robot in my headphones for a second. Oh, oh that's why I rejoined. Okay. I was like, okay. Is that me? Okay. Well, you sound okay better? now and now I can oh. actually see Funke, so. Okay, I was just going to say, I thought you were going to give this sort of, like, a middle to slightly positive review, just because you said before, like, similar to Lady World, where it's, like, you enjoy it, but it's not really, like, your thing, mm-hmm. Um, where I thought this was getting into a similar sort of 
territory, maybe not as intense, but where it's like, there's not a ton of story and it's very pensive, but now there's even like less connection to character. Like we said, because dark is so like inactive that it's like, it's kind of hard to grab onto anything except for how surreal the situations are. Mm -hmm. But then I was very pleasantly surprised when you gave it a a four-star review. Yeah, well, I just like, what Funke said that they liked about the dialogue was kind of really grating on me at the beginning. Because <laughs> it literally is, it's like every line is like like a Bart Simpson like catchphrase. Like everyone's like, eat me butt munch. And like, that's the dialogue for the first half hour. That's like the entirety of the dialogue. And like, it was a thing where I was like, I feel like it's going to be... I, I liked Lady World a lot more than that. But I mean, like, I feel felt like it was going to be one of those things where it's like, I respect it, but I don't really enjoy it or whatever. But I loved the aesthetic so much. Like, I just loved the way it looked. Um, and then I think, you know, shortly after that, I feel like when you see the characters in private or with, like, their partners or whatever, you get more of an idea of their character. Or at least, like, it gets at ideas that I understood more. And you see, I felt like all of that was a bit of like show and then you would see them actually be vulnerable and they would register more like human beings um they were all putting up an act when they were in those groups and mm -hmm. like you can tell even from their one-on-one conversations and even just like dark's own reflection and at the beginning where he's like um pardon my french but jacking off to everyone (laughs) even the people he hates it's like okay he has different feelings that aren't even being shown on the screen uh when he's interacting with those people yeah definitely and actually i say that about the first half hour but in that sequence that you're discussing even though it is him checking off i was like this is incredible like just the the editing and like the music and it's and i really think like on the whole it's a movie i've never seen anything like it before you know smiley face is nothing like it but really nothing i've seen it is really like this yeah it is like a that is like one thing like when i first watched this film first of all that scene is just like so jarring because it's like you open a film with a dude just like jacking (laughs) off in the shower then you're cutting between a bunch of like really intimate scenes um but it's like he's jacking off in the shower that like looks like he's in like a void or like Mm -hmm. heaven it's never ending it's a never ending shower and then the credits come like across floating across the screen in such a weird way Mm -hmm. um and i was just like wow that kind of like not that I wouldn't have been sold on the film, but just to like so early on be like, this film is going to be amazing. I was mm-hmm. like, kudos to Mr. Gregoraki for doing that. My first note was coolest intro ever. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, it's like right off the bat, he's establishing himself. It's like, as I feel like a real director, like maybe that's a dumb thing to say but like as soon as it starts you're like okay like this is like a a real artist making this you know because it's not just like things that look beautiful or whatever it's like he's actually i thought really getting you into this guy's head you know um even though it's just him jacking off it's like it's not like played for laughs or whatever it's like you're getting into like how he's feeling in that moment which is why yeah yeah any that and that's the introduction to dark who is yes and our protagonist yes um yeah and to me looked like the 
uh, art movie, cool 90s version of Spencer from iCarly, which is a joke <laughs> I've already made, but he looks so much like him to me. Stop, I, I can, why would you yeah. say that? I can see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Dang. You're totally, yeah. Um, yeah. So then, Also dark. Oh, I was just going to say something else about his character. After that first scene where he, like, gets out of the shower and then his mom's, like, yelling at him, he walks into his room where he there's a huge mural on the wall of himself, like, holding two guns to his robotic-looking <laughs> like, version of himself. And it's so crazy. And Their like, rooms are awesome. They're, like, all of the rooms that I've seen are so large and so, like... <laughs> Like, a, a perfect representation of their personality, too. And just, I, I love those pieces. It's almost like you're, like, stepping into, the, like, their brains or something. like. And and that's a really striking thing about the movie, too, is, like, the sets and the production design and, and stuff is just so gorgeous. Especially for what seems like a pretty low-budget movie. Like, it's yeah. so impressive. And I feel like any budget they had for this movie, they, like, blew basically <laughs> on the soundtrack and the sets. And the sets. <laughs> um, and the and the costumes too like the the costumes are pretty good yeah um so correct me if i'm getting stuff wrong here because I, I feel like you've seen it many times and there's a lot going on so i might have missed stuff but first like major thing that happens is he kind of has a vision of this guy montgomery right mm-hmm. um i thought he met him already or something but I think so the first thing that happens is like in the shower sequence he's like fantasizing about his girlfriend Mel then Montgomery and then the two like dominatrixes in the sort of like weird like kink scene um Mm -hmm. but I think Montgomery they just have that exchange where they're like yeah we just have some classes together um at school but then it's like I don't know, because they then I guess the first real interaction he has with Montgomery is when he's driving around with Lucifer and Mel, and they like see him on the side of the street, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Get in the car," and he's like, "But I have class," and they're like, "Get in the car, we'll give you a, we'll right. drop you off." That was that was one thing I think I I had trouble latching onto at first, as well as the relationships between characters, which is normally something that I really you know latch onto in a narrative movie. When there's especially when there's a large cast and it's like you understand how they all know each other and how they feel towards each other. That's something that I really like. So in this one, it seemed like everyone like was kind of friends and kind of hated each other at at first. So I was like, I I don't like I guess I know what's going on, but it was just hard to like care about it, I guess. But then again, by the end, you see what the actual relationships are, I think. more. Yeah. Yeah, and they also explain why it's so blurry at the start, especially with Mel. Like, I was confused. I thought they were just friends. Mm-hmm. But then, like, they actually started, like, kissing. I was like, oh, this isn't just, like, a fantasy. This is, you guys are in a relationship. Um, but, yeah, that I, I thought they handled that well later on, definitely. Yeah, I think the movie really is just sort of, like, like, one part of it is, like, looking at intimacy and specifically like i think like a metaphor for because like all these characters are like queer and some i guess Mm -hmm. maybe not like shad and his girlfriend (laughs) um and like zero and his girlfriend but there is like the The most of them are yeah the main cast of characters are like queer in some sense so it's like 
sort of like a metaphor for like the loneliness and like wanting intimacy as this sort of like outsider and especially with like um one like the like your forms of into intimacy like being looked frowned up like frowned upon um and then also just it being like a weird scene to navigate um but then also I think just sort of like looking at how like I thought that was sort of like a realistic portrayal of like how social settings are where it's like all these groups where it's like you're kind of aware of other people and you know who other people are but they're not necessarily like your friend Mm -hmm. and you're not necessarily going to be like emotional or vulnerable with them but you're like oh yeah I'll go to the party with you whatever like I'll if I see you at a cafe I'll like maybe I'll sit down and say hi to you for a second which I thought Mm -hmm. was like pretty realistic yeah um as like part of that just like analyzing how people work in like social settings or like how social settings like work for like young folks yeah especially for teens and stuff that's definitely how it feels it's like especially in high school it's like everyone's around all the time so it's like even someone you don't like you're gonna see them a lot (laughs) which doesn't always happen in social settings i guess when you're older yeah yeah but dark hated that girl lucifer (laughs) i've never seen such a pure hatred (laughs) every chance he got he was just like i hate you yeah um (laughs) there's a lot but it's funny like um when they when um mel says that thing about how like you she wants to spread like sex and love to everyone and like that's what she thinks she's put on earth to do or what young people are put on earth to do until they get old and whatever um i was like okay that's kind of the movie that makes sense to me that happens way later but i'm like okay that's kind of you know what's happening with a a bunch of these characters but then at the end that's kind of flipped with what dark is saying about like oh i need someone to like feel less alone with and everything and i feel like it's just like I don't know. Those two conflicting things are I feel like always at war in in this movie in weird yeah. ways. Yeah, I think that that's definitely like. I think that can be seen throughout it, where it's sort of like, um, Mel and Dark are like two extreme sides of the scale, mm-hmm. and then all the other characters sort of like funnel down between them. Yeah, well, it, it makes it so fascinating to watch, especially because their wants are the same in se- in one sense, but like they're so different on a fundamental level. Um, so throughout the whole thing, I was just like, dang, like, well, I don't, I don't know if I want y'all to be together because it doesn't seem good for either <laughs> of you, but like you want this too. Oh, it, it, it is so complicated and messy, but that's also like what intimacy is a lot of the time, especially mm-hmm. for like queer people too. So uh, it was a very good examination of that. I thought that was nice. Yeah. And I was thinking, too, with, like, Shad um, and his girlfriend, like, even though they aren't queer, I feel like at the time, especially that type of sexuality um, and the guy who's into, like, bondage and whatever, it's like that would be really on the fringes. Like, that yeah. would not be that would be something that you would probably be made to feel ashamed about. And in this movie, in the culture of this movie, that mostly doesn't happen. And it's it's almost like utopic, like. I guess there is kind of discussions about which characters are gay, but it's never like feels like prejudice. It's just like, can I hook up with this person or not? Yeah. Yeah. There's also like the one part where there's like, I guess a little bit of like homophobia when they're like on the boardwalk or whatever. And it's like Lucifer's sister who's like, or Lucifer's sister is like the model says like, a very like off color comment about Lucifer and Mel's relationship. 
but then it's mm-hmm. sort of like the way this film treats it is like in a way where it is like these people are so superficial and mm-hmm. so like laughable compared to all these other characters who are quite ridiculous as well but these people are like to another degree of like ridiculous yeah. that it's like it's such a like I don't I just appreciate that the film like takes queer culture in a way where it's like completely discounting the like master narrative on like a, a lot of um other I think more mainstream queer films do where they're like trying sure. to negotiate with the master narrative yeah, it completely brushes those comments off like throughout the film. Like I think even when Dark is like standing at the bus stop too, like a few of those girls were I got gossiping and shit talking and stuff, but he was just like he doesn't care. He was just waiting for the bus. Like he wasn't even taking their arguments into account. Yeah. And they got turned into retainers. <laughs> yeah. So there's no issue. <laughs> oh, I thought th- the lasers blasted them, but the only thing that yeah, was yeah, left I think you're probably there. right. Yeah, yeah oh. I think that's what <laughs> that, that makes sense. But it's interesting what you said about the sister because I assumed those characters were going to come back, and I guess I didn't even think about it until now that they didn't. But yeah, it's like that's like our one view of like the mainstream, like straight, like master narrative, as you said. And they're literally they're dressed as like cavemen, like they're like less evolved, and they're in like a photo shoot that I think we're supposed to view as like misogynistic because it's like. He's like holding on to the women's hair and mm. stuff. And then they say like some kind of like vapid comments and then we never see them again. Like that's as much as the movie wants to acknowledge that. Yeah. That caveman cool. thing. I didn't even think about that, but that's so true. Yeah. I didn't think about that until now, but that's the only time we see them. And it's like. Yeah, it's told. Yeah, I just I think that's like. I don't know if funny is the word, but I think it's, like, one of the things that, I like, really struck me the first time I watched this film where it was, like, oh, like, this man does not care at all about if people want to watch this film or not. He's making, like, he knows his audience, and that's the only person that he's going to cater to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good vision to have. Yeah. Um, Where else does Dark go on his journey? He picked up. Montgomery. I don't even remember. <laughs> he talks yeah. to. He goes. He buys. What did he say at the end? He's like, I spent like three hundred and forty-seven dollars on CDs. Yeah. Um. But he he said that at the end, like someone forced him to do that. Yeah. I don't think he did. I think it. I think it was meant to be where he was like, oh. Also, I guess I'll record a separate content warning for the beginning of this episode. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of like very upsetting content in this film, but at the end, he's like. Yeah, like, um, what is what is he like? Like, I think oh, he, he says something about like Montgomery like got abducted by aliens, and then I just saw somebody try and like drown themselves. And, oh no, he's he's like, I saw three girls get murdered by an alien today, and then <laughs> yeah. I just saw my friend try and like kill himself, and I spent like three hundred and forty seven dollars on CDs, <laughs> and then the like drug dealer um hand job goes and he's like oh really what cds or i think it's like yeah, very much yeah, a yeah. comment on sort of like <laughs> brushing over like serious like troubling issues but that's something he yeah. did in the day um yeah it's interesting i feel like he is like when he's like a filmmaker and he's like pointing his camera at everything i'm like okay so this is like the iraqi standing like it, it has to be he he totally is also the thing is like this film is the final one in like a trilogy okay. um mm. and the like continuous part between the trilogy is just james duvall playing the like central character 
But it's not so, a narrative trilogy, right? It's just like no, same cast, no. same theme sort of thing. N- same theme and literally just James Duvall. Okay, okay. Um, Interesting. Is um, as like, again, like the Iraqi like stand in this sort of like, um, I guess like ambiguous like sexuality and like ambiguous like race dude mm. um, <laughs> navigating LA. I didn't realize he's uh, one of the leads in Independence Day, which I didn't even realize. I have not seen Independence Day. I know he plays the uh, rabbit in Donnie Darko, but I haven't seen Donnie Darko. Oh, really? (laughs) I have not. I haven't haven't seen it either. I got to see that. From the director of Southland Tales, one of the few fives. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm just having trouble even remembering, like, the order that things happen. (laughs) I feel like they're at... The cafe sort of place. Uh, he's we clearly... Meet... Yeah, we meet a whole bunch of people. We meet a bunch of people at this cafe called... What do they call it? Like the hole or something? That sounds right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember the name. I just remember everyone was there. Like, Okay, maybe yeah. we should go scene by scene then. Okay. Um, So it starts with him. They're in the car. They meet Montgomery. And then at the cafe... We meet Egg. Egg, Dingbat, and Alyssa. Okay. Uh, who's Dingbat? <laughs> Dingbat is the uh, girl who like has a crush on Montgomery and then tries to kiss Egg's brother and chips oh, okay. his tooth, allegedly. She's Christina that, Applegate like, with, with yeah, the braces. Christina, Christina Applegate with the braces. The one okay, that they okay. kind of like walk all over. Right. Okay. Mm. And then who? Uh, which one's Alyssa? Elvis's girlfriend, who's like... She like goes to Montgomery and she's like, "Do you know what day it is? It's Armageddon Day. Oh, it's okay. the Rapture." Okay, okay. And then he says the great line, "The album by Susie and the Banshees." <laughs> she she did the first thing that made me laugh, which is like, she like kind of like falls over in this way that seems like very intentional, and like she's kind of like showing off her body, and then she gets oh. up and goes, "Oops." <laughs> and I thought it was oh, really yeah, cut funny. Cut up for a sec. <laughs> Huh? You sorry you cut out for a sec, but yes, she 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 falls fell and, and then pit. and then she goes whoops. I thought it was really yeah. Funny. <laughs> that was a that was a purposeful fall, right? To talk to Montgomery or I, I think I don't know if it's necessarily to talk to Montgomery, but I think to get attention in some <laughs> some capacity. Interesting. Maybe to talk to Montgomery. Did she ask for his? No, Montgomery asked for ding dingbats notes right yeah but that scene felt weirdly intimate especially because those characters i don't think they interact (laughs) again right no they don't i thought that was going to be like a a plot line but yeah everyone's just like flirting with everyone yeah (laughs) i think i think that's that's the movie and everyone's like you know very attractive everyone's like there's like sexual tension whenever anyone says anything to to anyone else yeah um we also meet the unnamed um teen idol oh um, yeah who maybe scary the like if there was an antagonist of this film i think it'd be him and like god (laughs) maybe yeah tv him and existence oh and the tv evangelist guy yeah yeah Yeah. him existence and the televangelist i don't even know if i can say the aliens uh uh antagonist 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I guess that one's a little more complicated, but definitely the most unambiguous villain in the movie. It's for me was really hard to see where it was going at first. I was like, okay, this is a celebrity within the world of the movie. And then somebody's like, have you ever seen Baywatch? And I'm like, is this guy a real person playing himself? Yeah, it was. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I was also super confused about that. And then by the end, I was like, it can't be. (laughs) No (laughs) No. way it would be. Not at all. I'm going to look this guy up. Jason Simmons. I looked him up and he's sort of like in a bunch of like C-list action movies. He was on Baywatch. That's unbelievable. Wait, he was on no So he's way. almost like playing himself, which is bizarre. And I almost like respect it. But yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I That's an interesting role to choose. You know what? I respect him for that. Yeah, I mean he he goes for it. Um Yeah, I think we should give a content warning if we're gonna discuss all that stuff. Um, but we're not there yet if we're trying to go mm-hmm. chronological. No, we're not. So um, they're at the cafe. And then, oh, Cowboy also comes in. And Cowboy's looking for his boyfriend, Bart. Right. Um, yeah. With this and with the teen idol, I felt like, you know, if we're talking about party movies, um, this will also come up in Lover's Rock, which I think is what I'm going to choose. But Oh, nice. I think I'm I'm kind of of two minds where it's like I you know you want a party movie that's fun that's fun for everyone you know that you can just watch and and it's you know a hangout movie but it's mm-hmm. also truthful to show that at parties and with party culture there is a danger and there is danger for certain people mm-hmm. so this one I think there's a lot of disturbing stuff but it's still done in an expressionistic enough way that I was at least able to distance myself from a lot of like the violence and a lot of the really sad stuff while still kind of taking it in. I think it's interesting. Yeah. And it moves on from that stuff quickly. I don't think in a disrespectful way, but it mm-hmm. kind of it, it doesn't like sit in the, the darker things. Um but it does highlight them, which I think is responsible. Yeah. I think this film sort of like is as like crazy and like um like fantastical as this film is, I think I like I think it is very realistic in the way it portrays relationships and like the way humans react to stuff, or at least when you're like young and you're at a party, how you react to things where it's like as a teenager, I feel like dramatic stuff is happening all the time, whether it is sort of like something that's very high stakes or something that's just like very in the moment and you're super emotionally engrossed in it. But then you can you also move on from it, like or like culture moves on to it from it so fast but the person who it affects might not, mm-hmm. which I think is also true, like in a larger scale, but like, it's just so concentrated when you're like in high school or you're like in a particular scene and surrounded by the same people all the time. And I think that's sort of like a very, like portrayed very realistically by this movie where it's like, oh yeah, like whoever just got like, um, or like whoever just like went on a date with this like teen idol, but then it's never like talked about again, really. Like nobody really cares the second that they're at the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It does feel like that sometimes with like um even addiction and stuff and the things that aren't talked about. Where mm-hmm. it's like Yeah. Um, but I also thought at first I don't know if this holds up at all and I could be way off base here, but with the alien and everything, and since it was like targeting Montgomery, whenever there's something set around like the eighties or nineties and like 
gay characters are disappearing or something like that i always think like hiv and that's the symbol and mm-hmm. i almost felt like maybe that's the end as well but the end is so absurd and like heightened that it's really hard to tell i don't know i think they do mention oh sorry go ahead Nora. you go actually you go first uh they do mention hiv i think when uh bart is looking at the tv um but uh, yeah the the alien does kill other people too yeah yeah kills the women who are presumably straight who i think we're supposed to read as straight yeah um but yeah i don't understand the aliens motivations (laughs) still i don't know if they have them but i i it's almost like taunting i think the aliens almost like taunting dark more than anything or it's like at the party the alien like acknowledges dark and is like there but no one else it's almost like the aliens like a conventional life or like things that people like should like achieve to in like this like american dream nuclear family sort of thing but then like dark will never have because he's not like conventional in the sense where he's like not even though he is like white passing i guess if you're looking at him as like a standard for gregor rocky where it's like he's not white he's not like hetero and he also is like in this very like subversive like culture and it is making like subversive work like he's not doing like the nine to nine five job so it's sort of like all these things that he's seeing around him that he like can't have like the alien's going to take it away from him where it's like he's not going to be the object of like these girls gossiping like desire and he's not gonna be able to have like um an intimate relationship with like somebody that he really cares about because like society won't let him maybe but i also feel like it's like the alien is used in like such a sparing way that it's hard to like see a strong metaphor with that, it that reading really works though the, the way you described that it, it it lines up i definitely felt that way when um what's cowboy's boyfriend's name again bart yeah when bart walks into his parents house and the way his parents are shown it's like they're not badly intentioned at all like they're nice to him they you know um and even egg's dad like you know trying to make sure she's okay and stuff but it's just so clear from the sets and stuff like this is a different world and they're literally Mm -hmm. speaking a different language where it's like that's how it feels with your parents sometimes it's like you can't talk to them about certain things or whatever it's just like and it's not their fault it's just like it's two different worlds yeah i thought i thought that he was like so high that he couldn't understand what his parents were saying, but they were literally just speaking another language. Because uh, later, like, Cowboy can't understand them either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was like a stylistic thing, but yeah, he, he's like, speak English, please. I don't know what you're, <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think those two characters were in a spot so dark that the parents, even though they're, they're, they mean well, like they can't help. Like they can't even notice the signs that, that they're going downhill right now and that they need more than just like a casual, Hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, that is really sad. Um, especially like the, the scene where he's, uh, trigger warning for drug use, but like he's high in the oven. I was like, God, this is a horrible shot. Like this just makes me so uncomfortable. I think, um, I thought that I'm was a suicide. He, uh... I'm pretty sure he died. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, sir, but right, like right, he right. he had drugs in his arm and his right. yeah, he like, in the right, oven. Right. He like OD'd in the oven. Yeah, right. yeah, like that whole just picture was just very sad to see. Yeah, um, yeah. There's also yeah, 
I think I think maybe we should contain it to one section of the podcast. But there's also that scene with Egg where I'm not even sure what happened exactly. I yeah. guess that's another suicide. I don't know. I think it is another suicide where it was like I don't know. I'm like, is that part of like the whole like rapture narrative where they're like being raptured by this like televangelist sort of thing where they're like mm. in such a dark place that the only thing that they can think to is to like commit suicide and go to heaven um mm-hmm. as right. a sort of like thing or like or is the rapture narrative like this like um alien abduction sort of idea um but it i could think be, it could be both yeah mm-hmm. but yeah but i think there very much is something to like the idea that they are like i think that like that's also like the reason why people like turn to like drugs or like any coping mechanism is because they're in just like such a dark place and they like need something to sort of like make life bearable mm-hmm. um, and, that... and then it... no go ahead sorry oh and then i was gonna say but then in this like case and for like the way nowhere treats it it's like they end up like believing in this like whatever is being uh whatever this like tv evangelist is like preaching to them yeah that seems to be his view or the movie's view on religion as well is that just like drugs it's a it's a coping mechanism and like or i don't know about all religion but just specifically like the tv evangelist is like really predatory and like i guess like i guess evangelism more than just religion like trying to like uh Mm -hmm. convert people that you know often preys on the vulnerable or people who are in a in a bad situation yeah i think it's kind of like one of these those things where it's like kind of like a like he's kind of making a satire on that where it's like where you like see this like very creepy televangelism who's like 1-800 find jesus or whatever then the s's (laughs) are like dollar signs and you're like as if you're like why would anybody like ever like listen to this dude but then you like have these two characters that are in like really dire situations and then you sort of like get it Mm -hmm. yeah well even egg is clowning on it like earlier that day right um and then is watching it yeah jeez it's intense those um those two kind of dark things make sense to me of, of like oh that's a part of you know the party culture in la and stuff the one i i guess it kind of makes sense to me the one that i have trouble with is like um when elvis beats handjob to death like what does that have to do with anything <laughs> bad drugs man you think think so? that guy's just nuts he says he doesn't care oh you, you're sorry you did is that your cat my cat yes my cat sat <laughs> on my uh, keyboard um yeah but he says a line where he's like i don't care about anything and then <laughs> like she's like oh wow Elvis, that's so cool um and i think that comes back at the end when he really just like i don't know it seems like he's just operating off of his base human needs and immediately going after every urge and that character did we see uh, so that handjob give him bad drugs no he just talks about it he okay. just like comes up and like accuses him yeah like, okay hey, that's what i thought that me. yeah weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely well, 
I don't know, maybe that is supposed to be because it comes immediately after, like, um, after Dark picks up a towel that says Hope on it. So <laughs> maybe it's like a comment on that, a juxtaposition with that, or like this idea that it's like, or like it might also be like commenting on like HIV AIDS and this like idea of like the futility of like self-preservation or death where it's sort of like everybody whether they deserve it or not or like not everyone but like whether people deserve it or not like are like die due to very like dire and un unworthy circumstances where it's like they could be like objectively good people and they still are like a victim of this like corrupt government mm. that is not there to support them or they could be a bad person and die in but it's still, like, a very inhumane and, like, gruesome way to die. And, like, nobody really deserves that. It could be sort of, like, ob- observing that idea. Yeah, I forgot about um, Hope. And him picking yeah. up Hope and then getting beaten to death. Because <laughs> that's a pretty strong statement. But I guess there, there's also, you know, violence in the drug trade. And even low-level mm-hmm. drug dealers, it's, like, obviously are exposed to a lot of violence. Or commit violence. Mm-hmm. definitely um can we check out the aliens plot like yeah or just what was going on there yes we've uh, completely because ab- it's impossible to go scene by scene i don't know why i suggest no there's i don't know what the structure for talking about this film is yeah. <laughs> let's just talk about whatever we remember quite yeah. honestly or that is just right there in the center of our brain um but that one i was kind of confused because it it seems like the aliens are a figment of his imagination, dark, mm-hmm. um, yet they are affecting the world as well and appear and some people can see them, some people can't. So I was just kind of confused of like what they were. Um, what was? Does anyone have any ideas of what was going on there? <laughs> well, in, there is like yeah. in the news broadcast, they're like, oh, aliens are like abducting, abducted their child. So like, the first time I watched it, I kind of thought that, like, the alien was, like, rapturing people. Right. Um, But then the more, like, the more times I've watched this film, I'm kind of like, I feel like it's something else. Like, I feel like that's not quite it. Yeah, I don't know if I had a, a super, like, you know, clear read on it. But I thought it was interesting. Like, Montgomery is one of the few other people who, like, interacts with the aliens, right? Or, like, he's the Can only one it. who, like, really talks to Dark about it, right? And is scared of the alien. Well, he's. I don't think he even talks to. Yeah, he talks to Dark about it at the at end. At the very but end. I think yeah. when he first interacts with the alien, like he's the he sees it, whereas like the other, the like Valley Girls or whoever that get eviscerated by it don't see it. But I don't know if that's because they just couldn't see it or because they're so caught up in there. Right. But also, the alien was at the party getting a beer, and yeah. no one saw it. But <laughs> Dark. That that's the part where it's like, what, what. But yeah. then also in that scene, I was like, does nobody else see it? Because everybody at this party is just kind of dressed zany or like, can they actually not see it? Oh, that could be a thing, too. I'm not That's sure. Funny. But yeah, I, <laughs> I thought the end was like, OK, he's finally found someone who sees the world the same way, who's exactly what he wanted, you know, someone to like share the world with. And then, you know, he has this bug inside him, which manifests as like this violent, scary seizure at first right yeah um and then that that not to 
bring it up again. But that made me think of AIDS, where it's like, you know, you finally find your partner or whatever. Like, I could imagine that happening to someone, and then they die for no reason. Like, mm-hmm. um, but the end is also, I guess the movie does a lot of, like, I guess, like, funny or weird things with really dark things. But it, it feels also kind of comic, the end. Like, the alien says, like, I'm out of here, whatever. Yeah. So maybe that's too dark a read for what he's going for. I don't know. I think maybe, like, because it's so comical, it's maybe more just about, like, um, Dark's, like, unrealistic expectations in other people or, like, in relationships mm. where he's, like, just completely, like, projecting and romanticizing his idea of someone. But then it's, like, nobody's actually going to deliver um, yeah. 100% of what you want if you're not willing to, like, put in some, like, work or, like, if you nobody's going to be 100% what you expect them to be in their head, you sort of have to let them be. That makes sense, because what Montgomery says is, like, so perfect. Like, Montgomery, like, walks in. It's, like, this hot guy who's, like, naked. And then, like, he's, like, gets into bed with him and is, like, hey, I think about you all the time and I'm so attracted to you, even though we've just... Like, it's just everything that Dark is and thinking. The, yeah, almost plagiarism of what Dark was just saying to his camera, yeah. like, two minutes earlier. yeah. So that that makes sense. Yeah. I Yeah, I'm going to have to mull I, the alien is going to forever I think just be something where you watch it and don't Not that you have to understand the alien, but it's forever going to be yeah. one of like so like so ambiguous as to like is this actually real or is it just like dark's mm. imagination? I don't think there's just stay thinking. I don't think I there's any. Think. Yeah. <laughs> there's no solving the alien conundrum in this movie. Um, um, another thing that struck me about the movie is maybe it's because there's a lot of people who, you know, I've seen a bit older and stuff, but just struck me how young everyone looks. Like, it's a movie about teens, but people look, um, I don't know, younger than I would say they would in a Hollywood teen movie. Like, everyone looks so young. The most striking one is Zero to me, who looks like a child. Zero? I was was like, how are you driving? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that kid is probably actually, like, 15 because, you know, Mm -hmm. kids in real life look younger than they do in movies most of the time. We're just used to seeing, like, 30-year-olds play an 18-year-old or something. Yeah, where it's, like, teen idol man like looks old compared to everyone but then i'm like oh they would just get him to play the like quarterback in yeah, a totally. teen movie like in a normal teen movie um yeah but mina well i can look it up mina suvari who plays zero's girlfriend his name escapes me um mm-hmm. looks way older than him is that just me i don't know if she I don't know if she looks way... Maybe it's because of the way she's, like, dressed and styled, but I thought she looked older, but not, like, way older. Like, I thought she was, like, okay. maybe. I thought she also looked like a child, too. Those, those two ones, I was like, these people are very young. Okay, can we also talk about just when Zero goes to... I think her name is Zoe, to her house, and then there's just the dude in, like, the scary makeup holding, like, a dead dog, and it's never <laughs> brought up again? I don't even know what you're talking about. I, yeah. Like... Actually, I forgot about that until you just said it. Every because time there are I... moments where I assumed that it would come back and wrap itself <laughs> up, but so many things don't do that in this. I Every time I watch the movie, I just forget about that, and I get so terrified, and then just 
never comes up again. Um, but yeah, there's just, just I I wonder if I can find it. Um, um it's just I, it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that scene was very scary. Um, but yeah, like everything else, they kind of just hop to the next thing right <laughs> after. Like the other characters, like, what did you see something scary, Ben? <laughs> and then they move on from it. Uh, so it doesn't really give you time to sit in that. Yeah. I guess I could just like find, like, open up the movie on YouTube and send a timestamp. Yeah, but what was it? A clown or something? I was, I don't know. It was just, I don't think it was a clown. Maybe it was a clown. It did look like somebody with like white face paint on holding a. Mm-hmm. I'm really struggling. Michael Myers esque. Maybe I looked yeah, away like... to eat my food. You might. It was, <laughs> was. It was. It truly was like a split second. Um, Wild. But it was like I was like, "What is happening?" Um, is there anybody we haven't talked about? Should we talk about Shad? Kind of sh- briefly mentioned Shad and Lilith. Yeah. Scary, scary couple. Yes. They were a scary couple. They were also. I don't know. What's there to say, really? They. I think it's interesting that Gregoraki chose to make Shad and Alyssa siblings or like twins. I yes. was uncomfortable with that. I think I thought it was weird multiple times when they like were having sex and then she with their with the with their partners and then like it would like <laughs> sync up and i was like what is what is all this this why are you doing this yeah i can we actually talk about in that there's like that sequence where it goes from like dark Sorry, i'm just and... watching the scary man okay um it's like dark and mal and then I don't know, another couple, and then it, like, cuts through all those, like, sort of sex scenes, like, in order, and it's just sort of, like, a little scene of the movie, um, which I don't think I've, like, in all the times I've watched it before, I didn't sort of, like, catch on to that arc, like, or, like, that little subsection that was, like, looking at, like, sex and intimacy, like, very specifically, and, like, comparing it between all these different couples. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Where they all said, I love you? Yeah, they all, it was, a like... a few of them said... I think they all said I love you, or at least like one person from each party right. like said I love you. Um I can't believe I forgot about the clown dead dog man. I watched him, <laughs> I completely saw that. And then it's just because it's literally one shot and he's walking towards zero. I just yeah. so I'd like knew in my mind they were gonna cut back to him. And then <laughs> when they didn't, I just forgot. <laughs> yes. Also, I just watched the scene again, um, and none of us mentioned the doorbell, which is like a knight's helmet. <laughs> oh, so good. That he's checking out his hair in. I feel like most movies I would have mentioned that, but like there's literally so much happening in this that <laughs> it's not that relevant. Yeah. Sorry. Craig, you were on a you were on a point. Oh, I was montage. just gonna I was just gonna say it's like so interesting that that montage like one, it's like I think it's, like, super, like, I don't know, heartwarming? Or it's, like, really interesting that it's, like, this super heartwarming moment where they're all saying I love you and then it goes into, like, content warning again. I will say one just at the beat. I'll record one just for the beginning of the episode. But then it goes into the scene with 
egg and like the teen idol where he is just like assaulting her um but i like i i don't know i just thought it was like interesting to have this sort of like very tender moment like expression of i love you that i think like in a less superior film would sort of be like the ending moment or like a more more of like a climactic moment where it's like oh you're building up all these relationships and then you're like consummating them all right um but then here is just like so early on just to show sort of like kind of flesh out this idea of like a day in the life sort of like narrative yeah and that that scene also helps flesh out like the relationships that are so confusing at the start um and like who wants what from who and who's not reciprocating etc um but yeah it was it was interesting to see like the range of relationships because i don't think any of these two relationships with two people are similar to another one Mm -hmm. um they all interact so differently and it's really like i i must be hard to manage all of these characters for the script but like it's done very well yeah i think it's it's interesting what you said nara it's not really like storylines like there's no like oh are they gonna get together i guess a little bit with dark and montgomery and then dark and mel but it's like yeah the, the relationships are kind of just there and it's almost at times i felt like it's like at this time you know there's dark and scary things happening but a lot of like the relationships and stuff don't matter as much at that age like it's like Mm -hmm. i don't know or there i even thought at times that it was a bit of like the relationships don't matter but it still feels like the end of the world you know whenever they do happen or don't work out or whatever yeah i think that's totally like totally it where it's like all these like crazy things are happening but then at the end of the day all dark really cares about is like being in a relationship (laughs) yeah and and he just got home from witnessing a murder (laughs) yeah and that's what he talks about and that line where like the cds you buy almost matter more than the fact that you witnessed a murder (laughs) yeah at you know at that age but it's it's hard to fully read it that way i think because there are such like dark serious real world things happening throughout that do matter obviously so it's not completely that i don't know but well i don't know if it's saying that those relationships don't matter i think it's showing like how much people care about those moments too like even if Mm -hmm. like they're never going to know each other in five years or whatever like in that moment like these group of people are care so much about each other and all of these things um yeah i think it's almost like saying that it's like these like relationships even if they are not always the greatest or like are kind of like very naive they almost make all the like really shitty things happening more bearable Mm -hmm. or it's like those are the things that like help these people like get through um these like the really shitty stuff that's happening is like this community that they have these friends or like their romantic partners even if they are like superficial um it like it it does like it's like another coping mechanism that like makes everything like easier to deal with Mm -hmm. absolutely i think that's also i think it's also like maybe it's like expecting too much of like movies or like just how i'm like used to watching movies but i think like it is important to remember that this film is also like about teenagers and this is all sort of just like learning experiences for them almost like not to say that like 
you don't like learn throughout all of your life but it's like the way you learn as a teenager is so much messier mm-hmm. um and so much more haphazard than like further on obviously because it's like then you like learn from those experiences and change and make adjustments um but yeah it's like like i think that's also part of it where it's like that's just how like you learn when you're younger it's like I'm just going to do things that are, like, good and are I'm immediately confronted with. I'm not going to worry about anything that's not immediately, like, in my little, like, tunnel vision. Yeah. Because it's, like, yeah. yeah, these essentially are, like, majority of the cast, I'm assuming, or, like, a majority of the characters are supposed to be, like, 18 or under. Yeah. Yeah, the the one I think about, I've been thinking about is um, Christina Applegate uh, trying to kiss Scott Kahn and how in any other movie that would be resolved in some way, you know, like she would like, you know, get up her nerve to ask him out or ask someone else out or, you know, kiss him properly or something. But it's just this little moment between them. That's like kind of sweet. It's kind of awkward and bad. Yeah. Yeah. But that is super realistic. Like yeah. that's how it'd be. <laughs> like it's, it's weird and like little moments that are awkward and, Kind of character just defining too. Yeah, definitely. Also, the like this is okay. This is not so much on the story, but more on the filmmaking. But like, d- just this time, like as I was watching it, I clued into like how, or at least for me, I just thought it was like really um, intelligent filmmaking when it's the party scene and all this stuff is going down. That is really kind of frivolous in comparison to Scott can on the phone with his father mm-hmm. and he can't hear his dad and he keeps walking in and out of frame. And we as an audience don't really know at that point yet what has happened. Like we don't know that Egg has died, but we do know that like she has had like a bad interaction. So it's probably something regarding that. But like just like comparing that moment to all these other sort of like frivolous like relationship moments with mel and lucifer and dark um Mm -hmm. and the way he's like walking he just keeps walking into their conversations or like they're having like an interaction then he's like walking through it trying to get to his dad on the phone i thought was like really smart choreography that seems so interesting too because when he actually does react to the news it's like very expressionistic and it's almost again almost not quite funny but it's so exaggerated that it's it's hard to fully feel the emotion which i think is Mm -hmm. interesting but like i'm talking about the shot where he like runs and jumps into the pool and he's screaming and in a way that's very exaggerated and i think is like consistent with the acting style in the the rest of the movie like i don't think he's messing like i think gregor rocky told him to do that yeah (laughs) um and uh and even when he's thrashing at the pool it's essentially like a suicide attempt because his sisters just died and still it's it doesn't feel like that's what you're watching really it feels like it's kind of overblown teen angst yeah Yeah, but i mean that that scene also captures like what i guess dark is talking about at the end like having someone to hold you through those times like uh what was her name again christina applegate dingbat that's the resolution to that story i forgot jumps in yeah and, and just just holds him kind of not even really tries to pull him up but just like holds him in the moment like him thrashing around in the like bottom of the pool i thought i thought that was very sweet but yeah a dark dark thing reason why he jumped in there but you kind of forget about that like you're just in the moment in the pool uh at that second yeah i think also like 
stuff you're talking about earlier like the resolution to that relationship how like this is like the resolution where she's like saving him i guess in this moment Mm -hmm. but i think it sort of brings up an interesting sort of like dynamic where it's like you can either read it as she's saving him because she is invested in like trying to impress him and trying to like make him attracted to her or she's saving him because she's a good character and she like knows it's the right thing to do and she like genuinely like just cares about people which i sort of want to like read it as the second way where she's like genuinely just concerned out of like the goodness of her heart because she does seem like throughout the movie she's sort of like built up as this character that is like ignored or forgotten or very like secondary friend character where she's like there and she'll like she'll come to the event when you have like no one else to invite Mm -hmm. um or she like comes to the event because like out of circumstances because she's just like there when you're making plans but nobody really wants to like invite her yeah um but it also like doesn't seem like she's necessarily that impressed with or like that preoccupied with impressing people she's just sort of like preoccupied with not embarrassing herself yeah i i mean i'm an idiot for forgetting that happened but i think it's definitely more a character moment for her than like a resolution of that relationship like that doesn't Mm -hmm. you know that scene doesn't show they're going to be together or something it's just like you know so much about her choice to do that yeah. Also, Seb, there was so much that happened in this movie. Like, <laughs> do not worry about that. Yeah, there's about like eight million things that happened. Dare, I, oh my yeah. gosh. I mean, there's a lot more we could cover, but dare I say, we take a stroll. And that might I think, lead us some places. I think this is going to be a pretty decently long stroll. This is a pretty. This I'm is done pretty as packed. well. It's pretty stacked. Um, I'm going to go to the washroom real quick. All right. Okay. Oh my god, well, Funke's in the washroom. Do you want to hear my theory? Yes. I have this James Duvall theory. Maybe that okay. this is just because I am who I am. But my theory is that James Duvall is, like, the alt-cinema version or, like, counterpart to Keanu Reeves. Yeah, he's got a bit of a Keanu <laughs> vibe. He's got a bit of um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think like young Joseph okay. Gordon-Levitt who Iraqi also, also used right yeah I think Iraqi just like has a type because he also like <laughs> has later on cast Yvonne Jogia in stuff who's also just like this like mixed race dude with dark hair right uh, um yeah I mean maybe we should wait for Funke but if we're talking about Duval, he has something like I don't know if he's like a great actor i think keanu is a good comparison actually now that i'm thinking about it really good comparison because i think like um he has that sort of it's almost like a spiritual presence and like you just feel this deep empathy for him even if i'm not sure he's like a great actor it's hard to tell in this but i like i've seen a couple more things i like i guess i've only really seen like greg iraqi films with him like doing like actual big parts like he's all was also in like slc punk and like go but he's has like very minor parts in those Mm -hmm. and there was nothing that like told me that he was like a good actor at all Mm -hmm. but i think it's like he kind of works in this like deeply like emotional role because he has sort of like a naivety to him yes and he's whiny but you still like him yeah you're like i just yeah I don't know. Who are we talking about? We're talking oh, about James I... Duvall. Hope it's okay. Start it. Yeah. I, I just <laughs> pr- proposed my theory, which is that James Duvall is sort of like the alternative uh, 
underground cinema counterpart to Keanu Reeves. Ah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I, this is my first time seeing him in anything, I think. But I really liked the performance. <laughs> he was really into it. Super moody. Yeah. Love the vibes. All right, should we maybe do speed round? Speed let's round. Go, let's go. Okay, Rachel True as Mel. I think she was very good. Uh, only ever seen her great. in The Craft, which is not a I, movie I like very much. I don't know if I've seen her in anything else, but I did really enjoy her in this. Yeah, very great performance in this. Um, I think she, like the character, I think I think it's the movie and stuff, but I think in a lot of other movies could also be like unlikable because like, the main character is so frustrated with her. But mm-hmm. she's so difficult to dislike, I feel like. She's just so obviously yeah. just having a good time. <laughs> well, it's also like, I'm like, out of all the characters in this, besides like teen idol dude, like all of the characters mm-hmm. are like kind of bad people, but she's like kind of like one of the worst people that's not like outwardly just like hateful or like violent because like she's also kind of like fucks over Lucifer and all of this too. Yeah, I mean, I think she's willfully ignoring her her partner's feelings in order to have a good time. But I mean, as you said, it, like everybody is doing something like that. Most yeah. of them are, are doing something like that. Yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes, though, when uh, she's she was flirting with those two skiing dudes or whatever. And uh, Dark sees that and he's like, oh, no, I'm going to just stand here. <laughs> and then Lucifer like walks up and is like, hey, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> like, it's inaudible, but like you can just see the difference between those characters. It's so stark. Um, and yeah, also Mel is kind of just like, what? I didn't know anything was wrong. I told <laughs> yeah. you this is me. But like, you know, she knows. I don't know. Yeah. When you say you can see the difference between those two characters, do you mean surf and ski? Because I could not. <laughs> no, sorry. I mean dark and uh, Lucifer. The twins. That makes more sense. Yeah. Oh, uh, they were um, they were pretty awesome. <laughs> I the actress who plays Egg. I uh-huh. thought she was like amazing. Like I thought she was a really good performance in this yeah, she's film. Really Sarah Lassay. Yes. As Egg, I've not uh, heard of her before. Didn't I've not amazing. heard of her. But yeah, she she was really great. She was really good. Um. I don't know anything that she's been in, but yeah. And yeah, and then you get that character right away. It's like, okay, this is Egg. This is like, I thought Egg is almost like, you know, she's in her shell. She's more, a bit more childlike than all the other characters. Maybe a bit more naive. Um, And then, you know, breaks your heart uh, to see her treated so badly, obviously. Um, One of these actors was also... In a movie called Camp Nowhere. Whoa. <laughs> Just wanted to drop that knowledge. <laughs> this is very odd. Uh, Zero, I think. Okay. Zero. He looks kind of familiar. He was so young that I was like, even if he does look familiar, like I would not be able to tell you. Uh, where is Who's he? the actor? Oh, does not even have a Wikipedia page. I know this movie. I've seen this movie. Oh my gosh. Yes. Joshua Gibran Mayweather. Zero. It's a movie where a bunch of kids come up with a fake summer camp <laughs> and then all tell their parents they're going to like Jesus camp or like math camp or something and then just party. That sounds pretty awesome. Summer. That's a great he's, premise. He's in Candyman Farewell to Flesh. One of the sequels to Candyman? 
Yeah. Whoa. All right. Don't say that name any more times. <laughs> or uh, Hannah will come on and yell at me. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Oh, also, can, back to this, the Scott can of it all. I don't yes. really know what Scott Can's been in, but I just think it's so funny that he started out with this and then moved on to like doing police shows. Yes. Odd career. Scott Can? He yeah. was in uh, he played one of the twins in Oceans uh movies. Yes. He's he's the son of um the actor James Khan, who's in like The Godfather and like Elf <laughs> and a lot of <laughs> a lot of other movies that are in between those two things. yeah good career but i almost thought in oceans this is off topic but i almost thought the joke with those two guys is they're both like related to a more famous person like it's like scott con and casey affleck so true but yeah sorry no i just think it's like i was like the first time i watched this i was like i know that dude i know that dude and then i was like oh that's the guy who's on what is it like hawaii 50 or something yeah oceans and i was like that's so weird like i almost like i didn't believe it at first when i first read that but then i was like no that is definitely him he's a pretty charismatic guy i'm disappointed he ended up on hawaii 50 which is not a good show <laughs> from what i've seen what's wrong with it i don't know like it's like a network cop show so it's like you know comes with the territory but i remember watching a bit of it and thinking it was so bad that was like 10 years ago though i don't know if it's, oh, no. if it's still on also i see this guy you, you're talking about now he was ducky brother yes. yes he's the guy who jumps in the pool mm. not a huge part i i feel like we're judging the performances like they're all so distinct they're all i think really within the ballpark that iraqi has established there was no one where i was like oh you're way off base or you're not doing what you're supposed to like <laughs> everyone's i think tuned into what the movie is yeah i i will just say i think it's like, as much as I love James Duvall, I love him so much. But I think he really is, like, the worst performance in his, this film. Well, I am going wow. down the list here. And I reached Nathan Bexton as Montgomery. And I think that's a guy where I was like, this is a hot guy you guys found. <laughs> that's, that's totally true, too. Nathan Bexton was not good. But I think I watched um, Go with Nathan Bexton in mm-hmm. it also. And Nathan Bexton, although he doesn't have a big part in that, is pretty, like, good in Go. Okay. And, like, in Go, he's up with, like, Sarah Polly, Katie Holmes doing scenes with them, who are, like, mm-hmm. good actresses. And he, like, holds up pretty well, where he's, like, not amazing, but he is definitely better than he is in this film. It's, yeah. And, and it's hard to tell with this movie, and his role is, like, just, like, dark to be kind of, like, blank and, and spiritual and whatever. But he's so, to me, blank, like... <laughs> I really felt like I was getting nothing from what he was doing, <laughs> but I don't know. I thought he could have been an alien. I was like expecting him to be like, and I'm abducting you at the end or something. Um, but he was super timid and nervous uh, the whole time. <laughs> he, Very... was, he was so nervous. I don't know why he was nervous. It's Everyone seemed like so welcoming and like down to make new friends and partners, so. And at the very least, if they weren't welcoming, I feel like they were just indifferent. Like, they wouldn't be mad about anything he did. They just would not care. <laughs> they just straight Danger. up would What's not the worst care. they're going to do? Call him butt munch or whatever? Tell him to eat my Bermuda <laughs> Triangle? It's the one I remember. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so much of that. <laughs> 
Um, I think I do want to give a shout out to whoever played Cowboy for having to say the really emotional line and then end it with the whole falafel. Um, <laughs> when he's like the whole falafel, he's like talking to Bart. And he's like, "No more relationship, no more band, the whole falafel." Or something like that. And I'm like, you're doing that with such like sincerity and like emotion. Yeah. Saying this like Yeah. I've only seen that line. guy in a stoner comedy, half baked. Ah. Um But yeah, he really is he's super heartfelt in this. Yeah, he's, he's good like, in dang. this. He's like doing the real drama in this. That's Guillermo Diaz, according to Wikipedia. This cowboy. Hell yeah. Shout out him. Um I've got Chiara Mastriani and Debbie Mazar as the yes. uh, SNM uh, women. Yes, Debbie Mazar, who is in uh, Empire Records. Yes, I was going to say Hackers, but I meant Empire Records. You know what? All the films I choose oh. could basically just be <laughs> one film. <laughs> uh, I thought they were pretty good. Didn't get to do too much. Oh, in a couple scenes. Mm. It's a weird um, billing order on Wikipedia. Uh, Kathleen Robertson as Lucifer. Kathleen Robert- Robertson was in Splendor by Greg Araki. I know that. Okay. Apparently she was on she 90210 or the original 90210, which I think a couple people were. I think that's almost like a joke. Yeah, what um, is this like? It was, uh, what's the tagline? 90210 on acid? Yes, that's what it says on Wikipedia here. <laughs> uh, that's a good name. Yeah, I'm, I guess we don't have to go through everybody. Um, What do you guys think about Ryan Felipe's chat? That's what I'm trying to get to. What's oh, happening? You want to talk about, Ryan <laughs> about him Felipe and Heather Graham. <laughs> I loved him as chat. I. You I would know never what? want to meet that person in my life. Yeah, he's not a no. good dude or, in or a real life. Near. He's not a good oh, dude, but I admire I don't know. the performances here with him and Heather Graham. I don't know oh, anything oh, sorry, about him besides he was in Igby Goes Down playing the annoying brother. Yeah, he was big at this time and he's in like Cruel Intentions and stuff. He was a big heartthrob guy. I think it's funny to have a big heartthrob as a very like minor character. Yeah, I think this might have been before he was famous, too. I was thinking about that with Heather Graham as well. This is the same year as Boogie Nights, which I feel like might have been what kind of started her career. She looks mm-hmm. so young in this. Wait, I was talking about Ryan Phillips' character. Is the guy twisted, too? Oh, yeah, he's not. He's a bad dude. Oh, oh, no. Um, yeah, but I sort like, Shad... Uh, I, he was very scary. Every scene that he was in, I was just like, oh, God. Like, he's it's already a pretty bizarre movie, but, like, his character, I didn't know wh- what what he liked because he would just say some twisted stuff and then his girlfriend would be like, oh, I like that. That's cool. <laughs> uh, and then they would kind of just create that feedback loop of chaos that was honestly scary. I feel like Greg Rocky, when he was casting Shad, was like, I need a scary straight white boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, he was like, he like went to high school and he's like, okay, so who's the dude that thinks everybody likes him, but actually everyone <laughs> just kind of hates him and is really annoyed and like got Ryan Philippe. Oh my gosh. I can see it. 
Yeah, it's yeah. Those scenes are weird because it's like I mean, you know, putting aside Ren Philippe in real life, it's like it's almost sweet at times. It's like you guys found the perfect person for each other, I guess. For your fucked up mind, yeah. Yeah, and you know, no judgment what what anybody's uh, into or anything, but it's also. It always feels like it's going to erupt into violence, like, towards each other or towards other people. Like, when he, like, drives away, you know, and he's like, we're all going to die and whatever. I was like, I actually thought they were going to die. You know? I thought they were going to die and kill someone else in the car because it cuts to other people in cars. I was like, what? I thought he was going to drive off the cliff or, or whatever. Yeah. His, that Have you folks seen The Faculty? Yes. Yeah, you yeah. know, you know how in the faculty there's that one couple who's always like the girlfriend's just always screaming at the dude and they're oh, just yeah. always fighting as like the background couple. That's what they seem like they would be if they weren't having sex all the time. Yeah, but they're wow. they're not fighting, which is interesting. And you know, some of the things he does might push it a little, but it seems like it's all consensual and they seem to like, in a weird way, almost have a healthy relationship. It's it's hard to tell. It's super passionate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would call it a good relationship. Yeah, okay. But I think they're definitely like, I think they're more like the couple, as they pretty much do at the party, who would just be like making out in the hallway and like, you know, groping each other and stuff. At the party, they're like just having sex like openly. Yeah. And his sister just comes up and talks to him. At, at Juju yeah. Fruit's party? Sorry. Who plays yeah. Juju Fruit? Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Gibby Haynes. Great name. Oh, wow. Oh, he is the lead singer of the Butthole Surfers, which Hell is a band yeah. I actually have heard of. In real life? Yes. Uh, you know, like an alt band at that time. That makes sense. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's weird to see John Ritter as the televangelist. He was like a famed like sitcom dad and nice person. And he's very <laughs> I think that's very smart of Gregoraki to do that. Yeah, it was cool. Um, um trying to see if there's anyone else. Oh, I was gonna say, as the like Valley girls who get decimated, um, Shannon Doherty and Rose McGowan yes. were in that. And Tracy Lords, which I thought was like I feel like at this time, was Shannon Doherty, like, working at this time? I feel like Shannon Doherty would have been, like, somewhat known. Yeah, no, I think, isn't she even from a bit earlier? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because, like, isn't, yeah, is Mallrats, yeah. like, 95 or whatever? Yeah, yeah Mallrats is 95. I feel like she was, like, a big thing in the 80s. Oh, yeah, okay, well, Heathers. she was on Beverly, again, Beverly Hills 90210, 1990 yeah. to 94. So, yeah, I think she's known as, like, a... You know, like a, yeah. a sex symbol at that time. And I think yeah. like with her and with um, Denise Richards, I felt like they were being kind of good sports about their image. Like, not that they have to make fun of themselves or whatever, but I thought it was, mm -hmm. you know, it showed that they were willing to. Um, Back on John Ritter, I know this guy. Well, I don't know him, <laughs> but I watched Eight Simple Rules for years. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's... Oh my gosh, he passed away. Yeah, I think in the middle of that show, right? And they kind of like they had to handle yeah, yeah. on on a season. That was sad. Yeah, famous yeah. famous nice dude. I haven't seen a lot of his but work. He's... he's really funny in Bad Santa. 
he's kind of like I haven't seen that the straight man to everyone else being disgusting. He's very funny. <laughs> Love that movie. Amazing. Who else is like? There's just so many people in this movie. Yeah. There's just so many, so many people. I feel like we we hit a lot of the major ones. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Would we like to leave this the avenue? Yeah, I think we should maybe uh, take a spin. <laughs> I, I think I already. Soundwack. I think I already uh, went uh, over the good. soundtrack at the beginning. Right. I think it's pretty. I don't know. This soundtrack is good. I think if you don't watch the movie, people should at least listen to the soundtrack. Um, I, I just saved it on Spotify. So good. Nice. Um, I think that's like if I'm just gonna talk about Greg Rocky, that's like one thing that he's known for is like his music choices are pretty good. Um, he's very into like shoegaze, industrial, um, like hardcore sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm that's, uh, that's him. Smiley face. There's a song called Destroy Everything You Touch, which I had been listening to ever since I uh, saw that movie. And I mm. discovered this band, Legitron, and incredible song, I think. Hell yeah. Um, Gregor Rocky, genius. Oh, can I say- I got me hyped on that movie. I want to watch it. <laughs> you should watch it. It's pretty fun. So like, it's, it's stressful, but after you watch it, you're like, that was a good time. It's also really funny. Can I go back and say one more thing about Whack Actor? Mm-hmm. I just thought of. So, this is very internal Gregor Rocky world. But the guy who plays Handjob, I'm pretty sure, was also in, like, the first movie in this trilogy, Totally Fucked Up. But he plays James Duvall's character's, like, love interest. So I think it's it was just funny, like, watching the scene where they're kind of just being very indifferent to each other after there was, like, the previous movie where they were had intense emotional scenes together wait which character was a hand job was in a a previous film with james duvall the oh. guy the the drug dealer with green hair okay dang i didn't know that i don't know what else he's done uh he didn't even have a wikipedia page but i, I like going into nara world i was thinking when we were oh watching God. the first half hour i was like and i was just it i was having trouble engaging with it i was like is this what it sounds like to nara when i play some like 60s movie that's all like white dudes (laughs) mumbling (laughs) that is what it sounds like i was like i don't even understand what people are saying you can't understand the 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 nasally like vocal fry and up talk yeah, no, that that's what my friends sound like. <laughs> but but specifically like the lingo and like, you know, just so everyone being so hostile towards each other and these like elaborate uh slangy insults and references. Yeah, totally. but that they kept like s- like slinging those insults at everyone like back to back <laughs> like they were just throwing it at everyone. No one was safe, which was interesting to see that environment. Um, I'm looking at the time right now, and I know I we, we have to leave soon. Do our yeah. scores. I think scores uh, would yeah. be great. Wax scores. Um, Seb, would you like to go? Sure. Um, I was. I'm thinking this is a four point five for me because we didn't mm. hit. I think hard enough. We talked about it, but we didn't hit hard enough. How distinct this movie looks. It looks like nothing I've ever seen before. Like on a cinematography level, on the costumes, 
on the uh, set design. Even like the look of the actors is very distinct. You know, like so good. I was thinking just like Scott Kahn's face at that age is so angular. Maybe this is a rude <laughs> thing to say, but he just looks he looks he like a drawing really like... of like a teen. Um, and there's so many people like that in this movie. Just very interesting looking people. Anyway, this is four and a half. Glad I saw it. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, mega hit. I don't think I would have watched this if it was not uh, suggested today. And I'm so glad I watched it because, yeah, that was a uh, that was incredible. Um, I had a fun time, and yeah, I think it was. I think it it masterfully goes from scene to scene so quickly, and I never felt bored the whole time. Every scene was just like bang 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 this is going on that's going on that's going on uh and it was happy and it was sad i i think that's pretty whack so i will give it a hmm i think i'll give it a four four give it a four all right solid four i see this is i want to give it a five <laughs> i deeply want to give it a so five. give it a five but I know I have seen more whack films than this and it is just I think in my heart I want to give it a five because at the time when I watched it it was the most whack film I had seen like when I first watched it um I think maybe I'll give it a 4.75 for Ooh, yeah that's the only thing two decimals. Of, of holding me off from the five is after talking about it, it kind of makes emotional sense to me it didn't entirely when I was watching it but now it kind of does and I'm saving the five for something where I have no idea what it is. <laughs> yeah, it does feel planned. Um, just in the moment, it's like, what? what's going on? What the hell? I also wanted to, I forgot to say this at, at any point in the movie. It's really well edited. There's a part where Rachel True so... throws two pieces of food at two different people. And it cuts to each of them being hit by the food and then back to her throwing it. There's all kinds of weird, interesting editing <laughs> things. So we mentioned the shower thing. All right, I'm done. All right. Uh, so did we put that in the in the box? Yeah, well, it didn't make did any noise, it? so. Beep. Uh, got to boop. boop. It up. You do? <laughs> Hello. That wow, sounded like a drill today. Hello. Rough morning. <laughs> Welcome the back. The score Marco is. Here. Thank you. The score <laughs> is four point five. Four. Sorry. Four point four. <laughs> four point uh, four. Hey, sorry. You. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate your work. Thank you. uh, Sorry you're having such a you. rough morning. It's okay. Um, <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. So where does that put this? Um, 4.4, eh? A high start. 4.4. I think it's definitely above Clambake. <laughs> it is above Clam- Clambake with a 3.75. This is up Oh, okay. That's, that's higher. That's pretty high. Yeah. That is high. Um, Great episode. Listen to that one if you haven't. It, I fun. I listened to it and it was a good time. Sweet, nice. Did you watch the movie too? I didn't. I don't know if I want to watch the movie. <laughs> I feel like we probably didn't convince you. <laughs> um, I did watch some of the like, um, what is it called? I watched some like little musical numbers, like clips of them, and then I was like, <laughs> this is just so weird. It's just like girls in bikinis like dancing, and then Elvis going up to them and like putting his arm over their shoulder something yes. we didn't mention on the episode people were jazzed about bikinis in that in that movie and i think at the time they were new so oh, it's really? like 
you're going to the movie to wow. see a bikini. You're like, no, I don't know like, what this new thing is. It's like thing going is. to the museum, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. Um, that's cool. Oh, I have some shout outs. Please. Oh. Uh, shout out to Grania and Manny, who are allegedly listening to this podcast out loud at work. Whoa. Uh, shout out. They work in a kitchen. They were okay. they work in a kitchen. Um, so in in their kitchen they were listening to the podcast. Thank you. I didn't. That's mean awesome. It, what I said. I don't know what episode they were listening to though, but yes. Um. We have no Adam. We have to remember what the sign off is. Oh yes. Uh, um. Would anyone like to take the reins on that? I, or... I think I got it because, as some may know, I've listened to every episode of this podcast. So if you oh if you gosh. get this wrong. Uh, except G.I. Joe and Clambake, which I'll ca- catch up on very soon. If you get this wrong, then maybe you were lying. This is the litmus test mm. to see whether you were lying or not. Okay, thank you to Ian Mills for the music. Emma Kudlak you, for the logo. Thank you. Go to Insomniac Fest uh, <laughs> on Instagram oh, and Insomniac underscore fest underscore. on Twitter. I had it. To, to follow us for more info um you know go to insomniacfestival.com to see insomniac the movie and play insomniac the movie the game available now great stuff um and thank you as always for listening um and the movie yeah. ends um oh no oh no what? oh no what's happening <laughs> funky what? Stop it. Fuck it. No, stop. Let's get out of here. Perfect. Well done. That was the little beetle that left me. Bye. Mom, get out. I'm doing a podcast.